0: I love Old Time Radio producing a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's Crime Does Not Pay on the Shadow. This episode originally aired on November 16th, 1947. And here is Doom and the Limping Man.
1: <laughs> Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Friends, for several weeks we have repeated to our listeners the forecast of government experts that all home heating fuels will be scarce this winter. If you heat with coal, you're lucky because you can store most of your winter's needs and be sure of warmth and comfort throughout the year. Ask your blue coal dealer to schedule your delivery as soon as he can. Another point, more important this winter than ever, is to save fuel. Correct size of coal for your furnace and a clean coal furnace with automatic temperature control are all important factors that help you get more heat from less coal. So tomorrow, call the nearest blue coal dealer for his recommendations on saving coal and ask him to schedule your deliveries so that your bin is always well filled with blue coal. The shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient... Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lynn, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Doom and the Limping Man. In the old Stokes mansion, 50 miles from the city, Frederick Stokes, senior member of the law firm of Stokes Fielding and Minton, is waiting with his two partners for a fatal report from state prison. Victor Farnall is to be hung for the murder of his uncle, Judge Carter Farnall. The three lawyers naturally are interested, since it had been their combined efforts that had sent Farnall to the death house. It is almost midnight, when suddenly the library door bursts open. Fielding.
2: Mr. Stokes, I want to see my husband.
1: Vera, what are you doing here? How did you get into the house?
2: I took one of your keys, John. I have to talk to you.
1: Couldn't have waited until I got home.
2: By that time, he'd be dead.
1: I might understand that you've come here about Victor Farnell. Oh, yes. But why, Vera?
2: I want you to stop his execution. Now, see you here, young man. I'm not appealing to you, Mr. Minton or you either, Mr. Stokes. You both consider this a brilliant legal victory. But John still has a few human emotions, and he'll never forgive himself for murdering Victor Farnow. Murdering? You know you took that poor, simple-minded man and used every trick in the book to convict Victor him. Victor Farnow killed
1: his uncle. What we did was only our duty.
2: Was it your duty to distort the facts, to confuse the jury? To build a murder conviction out of pure circumstantial evidence? Mrs. Fielding. Oh, John, please call the prison and say you have a reasonable doubt.
1: I, I can't, Vera. It. It's all the question. Ridiculous.
2: Please, please, do it now. Well, there's still time. I'm afraid you're mistaken, Mrs. Fielding. Twelve o'clock.
1: There's no longer still time.
2: What have you done? What have you
1: done? I'll get it. Stokes Mansion. Frederick Stokes, please. Speaking. This is Warden Sanders, a state prison. Yes. Victor Farnow was hung on the stroke of midnight and pronounced dead thirty seconds ago. I see. Thanks, you, Warden. Well. For now, he's dead. Oh no, Vera.
2: Oh, it happened.
1: Vera, <laughs> you've just gone out in the hall. Leave her alone a while, Fielding. She'll come around. Meanwhile, I think the occasion calls for toast. In uh, some of your best brandy. I That's of course. See, shall it be cognac? What's he, Who can that be? Get Fielding. Hello? I want to speak with a member of the firm of Stokes, Fielding, and Minton. Now, this is John Fielding. You'll do, John Fielding. Who's this? This is Victor Farnall. Victor Farnall? What did you say? He says he's Victor it's Some kind of a ghastly joke. I'm calling to tell you three and all who belong to you that you've sealed your own doom when you plotted my death. Ha, ha, ha. Hello? Check the operator, Fielding. Trace that call. Hello, hello, operator, operator. This is the operator? Uh, this is a Stokes mansion on that call you just put through to us.
2: The one from state prison? No,
1: the one just after the call from state well, there prison. there must
2: be some mistake, sir. What do you mean? You haven't had any calls since then.
1: What did she say? She said that we've had no calls since... <coughs> what was that? It's Mrs. Fielding. Vera!
2: <coughs> Vera!
1: Come on, quick! Vera! There, where are you? Screams came from right here in the hall. Wasn't time for her to get far. Stokes, Minton, look. What is it? There, at the foot of the stairs. A rope. Let me see that. You know what this is, don't you? No. It's a hangman's noose. Don't be ridiculous, Minton. What would a hangman's noose be doing at the foot of my... Uh... What's that? Coming from the attic. Footsteps of a lame man. Listen. Victor Farnall. And all that happened last night, Mr. Stokes? Police were here all day and got nowhere, Detective Duffy. They found no trace of airfielding? None. Or of Victor Farnall? Victor Farnall? Of course not. Victor Farnall is dead, Duffy. Duffy. But you did hear Farnall's voice. No. Well, I thought you We said... heard a voice. Could have been Farnall. He was hanged at midnight last night at state prison. But see here, Duffy, I've called you in for protection, but not against the ghost. Against who, then, Mr. Stone? I don't know. Some crank business enemy. Not an out-and-out maniac. Okay, then. That's a job. By the way, where are Mr. Fielding and uh, Mr. Minton? Fielding should be here any minute. And Minton? The office. You'll be phoning soon. Good. If I'm responsible for your welfare, I'd like to have the three of you under one roof.
2: Did
1: you hear that? What? Sound like a door opened somewhere. Nonsense. House is locked tight as a drum. Now then, as you were saying, that there... there is a draft. The door is open somewhere, Mr. Stokes. Where are you going? Have a look around. I'll go with you. Take it easy, Mr. Stokes. I'm being paid to take the chances. Yes? Stokes? Yes? This is Minton. Listen, Fred. Don't you think it'd be wise to pack up your things and get out of that house? Under no circumstances. Just for a few days. I don't intend to allow an non-existent goblin to drive me out of my home for even one minute. Besides, Mike Duffy's here now. Mike Duffy? Detective Duffy. You remember? The private operator who always does work for the firm? Oh. You called him in? I thought it best. All right, then. I'll be there in an hour. Back up my thing. Run away like a scared child. Who's that? Duff, is that you? Is it? What are you doing? Playing a game with me? I... No. No, I don't believe it. It can't be you. Stop. Stop. No. <laughs> Mr. Stokes! Mr. Stokes, what happened? Mr. Stokes, where are you? Who's that? Mr. Stokes, is that you? No, it's John Sealing. I'm sitting in the front door. What's you, Duffy? What are you doing here? Mr. Stokes called me in. Oh, I see. Where's Stokes? Well, that's what I'd like to know. I heard him yell for help. I ran back here in the library as fast as I could, but he was gone. All I found was this, this piece of rope. Oh, it's not just a piece of rope, Duffy. It's a hangman's noose. A hangman's noose? Exactly like the one we found when Vera disappeared. We... Duffy, look. The wall's safe. It's open. And it's empty. Empty? What was in it? Of... Do you know? Oh, yes, of course. We kept the assets of our firm here. What? Half a million dollars in negotiable securities. You sure? Of course, of course I'm sure. The senior member Stokes accepted the responsibility, he kept them here in his library. And the old man was right. Right? He said the menace we had to deal with was flesh and blood. What do you mean? Ghosts don't use money. That's what I mean. But if it wasn't a ghost, how did he get into a house that's locked and barred? Good question. Wait a second. Maybe they can tell us. What are you talking After about? Through the window there, a couple of dark figures moving blue trees. Good Lord. You got a gun, Fielding? Oh, uh, yes. Good. You may need it. Where are you going? Outside. Well, Wait a minute. Don't, don't leave me here Find alone. i out, Fielding. We got visitors. <laughs>
2: Are you sure you heard a cry for help, Lamont?
1: Positive, Margo. A man's voice is plain as day, and it came from this old mansion here. Not afraid, darling?
2: No. but It's a dangerous business, crawling around a strange place in the dark. You bet
1: it is. Oh. Who's there? Put
2: your hands Come on. on.
1: Who are you? Don't let that worry you. Point is, who are you? Well, I'm Lamont Cranston. This is Miss Lane. I've uh, taken the cottage just over the rise of the hill. We
2: well, heard a man call for help and came to see what was wrong.
1: Helpful, huh? Yes, that's it. We... Hadn't done our good turn for the day. Well, it's never too late, Mr. Cranston. You can do me one now. Oh, yes? Yes, keep your hands up and start walking. Oh,
2: what was that? Duffy! Duffy!
1: You're the Duffy in question. I think somebody wants you in an awful hurry.
0: feeling, what was that shot?
1: Yeah, I, I just of the library door and I saw a figure limping up the attic stairs. And it wouldn't stop. I, I fired. Did you say limping? Yes. You know what that means, Duffy. Oh no, I was lame. What was that? Forget it. Old Man Stokes was right. Whoever's in that attic's probably a half-witted crank or a lunatic. But there's nobody there, Duffy. What? I, I went up and looked. The attic is empty. Sounds very much like a ghost, eh, Margaret?
2: I'm afraid it does.
1: Oh, so you're on the ghost kick too, huh? Maybe you've got your reasons. What reasons? I don't know yet when there have been two disappearances in as many days and a strange couple has picked up wandering around the dock, it's time to call the police. The police. Ten to it, Fielding. Yes, yeah, stop Lamont. Just a minute. Go on, Fielding. You've got your orders. What's this all about? You never heard of the half million in negotiable securities, of course. Uh, I half not Okay, okay. I'll play along. Last night, Fielding's wife disappeared, and a few minutes ago, the owner of this house, Mr. Stokes, vanished into thin air. Aside from that, all I know is that there was a phone call out of nowhere from Victor Farnall. Victor Farnall? He was executed last night at state prison. Sure, sure, I know. But according to Fielding, he's back from the grave for a return engagement. Listen, did you hear that? It's coming from the attic. Yeah, you bet it is. Where are you going? Find out who it is. You want an extra hand? No, you two stay here, right here. And if you try to get past Fielding, remember he's got a gun. He likes to make it work.
2: Well. Sorry, Margot. We couldn't have just stayed home and listened to a mystery story on the radio.
1: Why listen to one when you can live one out, darling? Oh,
2: if you don't mind, I'd rather just sit in an easy chair and turn the dial. Ah! Lamont!
1: Come on, Margot. Come on, up the attic stairs.
2: Duffy! Duffy! Why doesn't he answer?
1: I find it difficult, I'm afraid. Oh, Lamont. He's been hanged. Hanged by an experienced gallowsbird, Margot. Rope around his neck is a hangman's noose. We'll return to the shadow in just a moment. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer would like to do this. He'd like to send you a tempmaster automatic heat regulator for your furnace with a tag attached. The tag would say, this tempmaster master is yours. You are paying for it. Here it is. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. If you heat with coal and do not have a tempmaster, master, you are paying for all the comfort and convenience of automatic temperature control without getting it. You see, fuel studies prove that a hand-controlled furnace fire cannot help running away with itself at times and overheating your house. When that happens, you're losing plenty of heat up the chimney. You're wasting a lot of fuel. You may be wasting enough to pay for a blue coal temp master in a single heating season. So, if you don't have a temp master now, you're missing the carefree heating comfort that you're paying for anyhow. Call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow and ask him to demonstrate the blue coal temp master. The modern electrical servant that pays for itself. See how it operates. See how furnace controls are operated from a thermostat in your living room. Remember... You're paying for a temp master anyhow, so why not get the comfort, ease, and more healthful heat you're entitled to? Call your blue coal dealer tomorrow. Now, back to the shadow. Margot and Lamont are in the home of lawyer Frederick Stokes. They are investigating the strange events happening in the old mansion when suddenly they hear a scream from the attic. Rush up to find Detective Mike Duffy hanged from a rafter. Mr. Slane, Mr. Creston, what's happened here? It seems Mr. Duffy had a slight accident, Fielding. Duffy?
2: We found him hanging from that attic being in the ceiling.
1: Oh, is he dead? No, not quite. I think we cut him down just in time. He was huh? unconscious. He'll come out of it. Here, help me get him over on that cot in just a moment. All right. Careful now. Call the police? I tried. The trunk lines are busy. Better try again. Stick with it till you get Commissioner Weston at headquarters. I'll do my best.
2: Funny? Hmm? What'd you say, Margo? I said it was funny. It's what? the only new looking thing in this old attic. What is? This filing envelope. There's no dust on it at all. Where'd you find that? Over here in the corner. you see it? Hmm. Standing anything anything
1: More than a little, Margo. Oh. What's that? It's a legal document of some sort.
2: Margaret. What? Look, this, this is a
1: murder confession.
2: Murder confession?
1: Yes, signed by Edgar Minton of the firm of Stokes Fielding and Minton. Listen to this. In order to prevent his exposing certain illicit practices of my career, I, Edgar Minton, did murder in cold blood the eminent criminal judge Carter Farnall.
2: What? Well, Victor Farnall was hanged last night for murdering the judge.
1: No, Margaret. Minton's two partners probably helped him frame the poor fellow. But exacted his confession first as a club to hold up a Minton's head forever after. Who's that? I'm Edgar Minton. Edgar Minton... What's happened here? Uh, well, it, it seems we have uh, disappearances, ghosts, stranglings, three-ring circus, Mr. Minton. What is Stokes? He's become part of the disappearing act. But I talked to him from the office not over an hour ago. Police are on their way, Francis. Oh, good. Police... You say police, Fielding? Yes, and they can't get here too soon. They've been robbed, Bitton. Robbed? Our half million dollars in securities is gone. What are you saying? Come down to the library and see for yourself. You'll excuse me, of course. Fielding and I have some pressing business. Yes, I'm sure you do, Mr. Mentor. Lamont? Yes?
2: Why didn't you accuse him of the murder of Judge Fennel?
1: I want somebody else to do that job. Who? Old and mutual friend of ours. The Shadow. Mm. So Detective Duffy and I found the wall safe here in the library open, the money gone. And Bear and Stokes are gone, too. And you and I'll be next, Mitten. Get hold of yourself. You and I'll be next, Mitten. We should never have done it. Shut up. We should never have sent Victor Farnal to the gallows. I said, no. shut up. Don't rock the boat, Fielding. We're all in this together. We're letting our nerves run away with you. Look. Straighten out. Get back up to the attic and tell that Mr. Cranston I want to see him. Why is it all going to end, Minton? Whatever it does, Fielding... Just remember that you'll end at exactly the same time I do. Stupid young fool. Picks a time like this to get weak in the knees. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Farnall. Is it true, Farnall? Is it true? Are you really in this house? Why do you fear Victor Farnall, Minton? You're the man to fear. You're a murderer. You killed Judge Carter Farnall in cold blood. Who? Who are you? I'm the Shadow. I'm here in this room, but you cannot see me. Where is Vera Fielding? I don't know. You're lying, Minton. Where's your partner, Frederick Stokes? Go away, go away. Where's Frederick Stokes? You drive me insane. Then answer me. All right, all right. I will, I will. Minton. Shadow. Shadow. Yes, Minton. Listen to me. Listen to me. The plan. What is it? The plan. Nobody knows. Do you get it, Shadow? The plan? Yes. Where is it, Minton. Sir Joshua, Sir. Jo-
2: uh, uh. I heard a shot. Lamont, what happened?
1: Our chief suspect is dead, Margaret. Minton? Yes. Shot came out of the dark just as he was about to tell the shadow the truth. Who did it? I don't know yet. Margaret, was there anybody in this house named Sir Joshua?
2: Sir Joshua? I don't know. Who's he? I have
1: to find this idea. Apparently he had a plan, a very important plan, and I want it. Where's Duffy?
2: Well, I left him in the attic unconscious.
1: Left him in the attic? Yes. Well, you shouldn't have. Come on, let's hope we don't find him in another hangman's noose. Duffy. Duffy. Uh. Uh. Where? Where is it? Oh. Or the attic.
2: Easy now, Mr.
1: Duffy. You're okay. You did better than poor Minton. Minton? What about Minton? He's dead. Dead? Yes. Look, Duffy, I need help. Try and think clearly. Did you ever hear of anyone connected with this family named Joshua? Sir Joshua? Joshua? No, never. You're sure? Of course I'm sure. That don't mean there isn't a Sir Joshua. Might be. Might be the guy who shot Minton... Possibly. What do you ask? I'll explain later. Meanwhile, maybe Fielding can help me.
2: Shall I go with you, Lamont?
1: I'd rather see him alone, Margot, if you don't mind. It's cold up here.
2: And dreary. Piles of old dusty furniture. It must be hundreds of years. Mr. Duffy. Yes. There's a man back there in the shadows. A man? Yes. He's just standing there staring. (laughs)
1: What are you laughing at?
2: (laughs) It's not a man at all, I'm sorry. It's a portrait, an old family portrait. See, right here.
1: Yeah. Dignified old country.
2: Covered with dust. See? Duffy. What now? Look, nameplate. Sir Joshua Stokes.
1: What do you know? So that's him.
2: It's Joshua. But what did Minton mean? How could he have had a plan?
1: I don't get it.
2: Neither do I. Yep. Yeah. Wait a minute.
1: What's that? Well,
2: it's a blueprint. Blueprint of this house. Now I see what Minton meant a plan.
1: Yeah, sure. A plan. A plan of the house. take a look at it. Look.
2: Well, here's the drawing room and the bedroom. Look, there's another room up here in the attic. What? See, right here. That'll be just behind that beam there to the left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, take a look at this. No. You never see it. It's built right in the woodwork. Shall we go in? Yeah, after you, lady.
2: Just be careful the door doesn't close. <gasps> Mr. Duffy. Oh,
1: it's slammed.
2: Oh, try and push it open. Oh. oh. Mr. Duffy. Look. Hanging from that beam in the ceiling.
1: Yeah. I see him.
2: They're dead. They're dead. Two dead bodies.
1: They're Vera Fielding and Frederick Stokes, to be exact. So
2: this is where they disappeared to.
1: What are you going to do? We're going
2: to beat on the door until Mr. Cranston is. Oh,
1: no, you're not, Miss Lang. I'm not? No, Miss Lang. Why not? Because you're going to join Vera and Frederick. What? There's a lot at stake for me in this, Miss Lane. You see this envelope? There's a half a million dollars in securities in here. It's mine by right of seizure. Minton would have gotten it when he hung me in the attic, but you and Mr. Cranston came running too quickly for him. He didn't even have time to find the confession where it'd fallen out of my pocket. Please! Please let me go. I'm afraid I couldn't do that, Miss Lane. Once I'm at a fielding who knows the serial numbers and of you who know too much in general, I'll burn the blueprint, close this door, and the Stokes Mansion disappearances will go right on being a mystery forever. No. Please, please, no more. Screaming won't do any good. I closed that door when we came in. I'm going to keep it closed until I'm through with you, Miss Lane. You would if you could, Duffy. <laughs> Who's that? Who opened that door? The shadow did. Who are you? What do you want here? I'm here to accuse you of the murders of Vera Fielding, Frederick Stokes, and Edgar Minton. You're crazy. you have been a trusted employee of the firm of Stokes, Fielding, and Minton for many years. So when Minton wanted to get back the murder confession he'd been forced to write, he looked around for a helper. They found you were only too willing to make a dishonest dollar. How do you know this? You got greedy, didn't you, after you got your hands on the confession and the half million? You decided to keep them for yourself and cut Minton out. That's why Minton tried to hang you in the attic out there. Who told you? How do you know? Arnold's ghost was meant to scare the occupants out of the house so you and Minton could loot it at your leisure. But Stokes refused to run away, so you went through with the hangings as scheduled. But they're over now, all except one. Which one? Yours. The law will see that you hang, Duffy. No. No, not in a million years. Fielding's still alive. He'll get me off. Why? Because if he doesn't, I can prove he was an accomplice to the courtroom murder of Victor Farno. I want a to clear you, Duffy. Then I'll blast him wide open in court. I don't think you will. Mister Fielding. No, that'll do for you. You hired hangman. Yeah, for me and for you too, Fielding. Fielding. Lamont. Well, they did the work for me, Commissioner Weston. They shot it out to the death.
2: What I don't see is how you knew to follow us to this room, Lamont.
1: Well, I knew Duffy was the killer before I left you alone with him in the attic. When Duffy said that maybe Sir Joshua had shot Minton, I knew he was only pretending he'd been unconscious. The others had been hanged. So how, if he'd been unconscious, did Duffy know Minton had been shot? Oh.
2: I see.
1: After that, I kept my eye on you and him and saw you discover the secret room.
2: And what was all this nonsense about a ghostly
1: telephone call? Well, you'll find a telephone over there in the corner of this hidden den, West, and it was used to impersonate Victor Fernald. It's connected with the wires of the downstairs telephone. Childish trick, but effective.
2: Then the voice threatening the death of the firm of Stokes, Fielding, and Mitten wasn't Fernal's at all. Of course not. Whose was it? Duffy's? Perhaps. What do you mean, perhaps?
1: Well, I mean, Margot, that since the entire firm is dead, as promised, one might think of that voice out of the night as a voice of justice. And now, let me present Blue Cole's distinguished heating authority, John Barkley. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. As the old saying goes, well begun is half done. If you emphasize fuel saving in your home now, as the cold weather is just beginning, you'll start fuel saving habits that will last all winter. Tell your family to always close off rooms that are not used. Ask the children to be sure to close doors behind them when they come in or out of the house. And of course, now is the time to install a Temp Master Automatic Heat Regulator. A blue coal temp master is not only the last word in heating convenience, but it's just about the surest way to conserve fuel. It can save as much as 20% of your fuel consumption. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer can install a temp master easily and quickly. I thank you. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station Your friendly blue coal dealer Brings you another strange and thrilling adventure In the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil The shadow is presented by the D.L. and W. Coal Company Distributors of blue coal Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot, by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Baruch. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy.
0: You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host virtual Vinny. Welcome back. How convenient that the villains at the end take each other out? It's a great way to tie up loose ends, and you don't have to get the shadow involved with the police. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.